0: Hey, business building warrior, welcome to the weekend update. If you're listening to this episode right when it came out, it's Saturday. And what we like to do on Saturdays is still work. A lot of us work six days and rest one. Hey, good enough for God, good enough for us. That's the way He created the whole universe, right? So we're working on a Saturday, sure, but why not take along a great update, a podcast episode that we've gone back and reviewed from maybe two weeks, six weeks, six months ago we've got hundreds of great interviews. So what we do on the weekends is we go back, we find those great episodes that maybe slipped past your radar or some of those great insights and tips and strategies from some of the successful students and just kind of break it down into little easily digested nuggets for your weekend update. So that's what we're going to do today. And we're going to dive into that in just a moment after I make a couple of announcements. First, if you haven't, got a free copy yet of the brand new, all new, our 11th update of the silent sales machine book. This is the book that started this podcast. It started our community, the 73,000 members of our free Facebook group, our incredible events. It all started because I sat down about 20 years ago and wrote a book over a weekend. It was actually just a PDF report at the time. And it took off And it started this incredible movement that is now thousands of business building warriors all over the world. It wasn't because of anything that I did. I was just making some observations and sharing what others had taught me. I kind of compiled the information into one place with the premise of, hey, you can use the Internet to grow the business of your dreams. And here's the rules I'm kind of discovering. Here's some of the things you should avoid, I was discovering. And there was a group of us, we just kind of compiled this information and kept learning new things. Well, I've updated it, and the 11th update is now available. All the stuff you should avoid, the legitimate opportunities that are available to you, the mindset that's required in order to tackle these opportunities, a lot of very specific strategic advice on using the internet to launch and grow the business of your dreams, multiple income streams, using the internet creatively. That's the book. So go to silentsalesmachine.com and you can see more about it. Or you can text the word free, that's F-R-E-E, to this phone number. It'll be in the show notes as well today. Phone number is 507-800-0090. Now, if you happen to live outside the United States or Canada, that might not work for you. So just email our support team. There's a link at silentgym.com and say, hey, I heard Jim make that free offer. Assuming the free offer is still around, which it will expire at some point. But now as we're launching the book, we wanted to give it away for free. That's a great opportunity for you. So there's that. And I also want to remind you, if you're new around here, this podcast is the supporting podcast for the leading Amazon seller training in the in- industry. I'm talking about the Proven Amazon course at provenamazoncourse.com. It's the longest running Amazon seller training in the industry with more success stories than any other, a bigger support team. There's about a hundred of us that support that course, all kinds of creative modules for every level of Amazon seller experience. You, If, if you know nothing about Amazon, you know nothing about e-commerce, we got you. If you've already got a $50,000, $100,000, a million dollar a month business, there's ideas in there I guarantee you have never been exposed to that could improve your business. So for $39 a month, ReubenAmazonCourse.com gets you a library of content that grows with you. We believe in -in just-in-time education, which means right when you need it, we got that next thing that you need and it's in there. And then we've got our free Facebook group, Support community at silentgym.com that's there to help you as well if you want to check that out. So that's the introduction for this weekend update. Let's go find out what the team has put together for us today. Enjoy this episode. We'll have brand new episodes for you starting at the beginning of the week. So don't miss those. Hey, have a great weekend. God bless you, warrior. Let's jump into the content. So Chippo, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Good to
1: see you. Thanks, Jim. Uh, Really good to be here. Thanks for having me.
0: I'm excited to jump into your story. We've got so much to share with folks today, so let's go.
1: Sure. Yeah, so just to give you a bit of background about myself, um, so I actually started my career off as an engineer. I studied electrical engineering at university, but I only lasted about three years in the field. (laughs) And then um, quite a few of my mates were being recruited uh, by management consulting firms, and I thought, oh, what's that? And they were being paid much more than I was being paid as an engineer, which was one of the draws. So I moved into management consulting, and that's what I've been doing for the major part of my career, sort of consulting within financial services firms, so banks and insurance firms, and tending to work on sort of operational restructuring uh, projects, uh, strategic projects, um, that sort of thing, which I really enjoyed actually while I was doing that. But I got into e-commerce because I've always wanted to do my own thing. I've always, always known that I'll work for myself at some stage, but I just didn't know what I could do. And I was looking for something that was low risk, mm-hmm. <laughs> was low, uh, uh, low capital involved. Uh, I could work from home. I didn't have to be somewhere, you know, I looked at franchises, but there were so many rules and conditions around franchises, for example. And when I finally came across Amazon e-commerce, I thought, This is it. This is something I can do. I can manage. I can grow. And that's how I got into Amazon, basically. How long ago would that have been? So, the opportunity was brought about by lockdown because I was home and all of a sudden I had more time on my hands. I wasn't commuting into the office. Mm. And I thought, it's now or never. If I don't do it now, I will never do it. I was also in between contracts because um, I was working as a, a, a contractor within the industry. And that's when I just dived in. So, for about a month, All I did was watch YouTube videos and podcasts, and I just totally missed myself into uh, e-commerce. So yes, this was in 2020.
0: Yeah, spring of 2020. About three years ago as we're recording this, here we are in late spring 2023 as we dive into Mm -hmm. your story. All right, well, great. We'll keep keep the story going.
1: Okay, so yeah, So I guess being in lockdown, I was really fortunate that the business just took off immediately. It took me completely by surprise, I thought. This is too easy. <laughs> but I, as I said, I'd kind of watched podcasts, I'd watched um, free Amazon courses, I'd made copious notes. I basically just followed the plan to a T and yeah, it, it took off, but obviously I wasn't in the position to leave my job just yet. So I hung on to my job for another year. And then, uh, end of 2021 was when I made a decision. Okay, that's it. I'm jumping into this uh, with both feet, and yeah, let's go. But
0: <laughs> so you've been you've been full time since the end of 2021. So okay, yeah, we're yeah. six months or so from your second year anniversary. That's it. That's right. it. Fantastic. Okay. What were you selling? How were you finding your inventory? You know. You, so many questions, but just pretend I'm a curious friend who wants all the details.
1: <laughs> so, yes, yeah, so I, so I took the We course because obviously I, I knew I needed to to find consistent products that I could that would give me that consistent income, and that's where I started. I started with RA and OA. Uh, as most people do. And yeah, I think it was a year of just doing RA and OA and finding my way and just learning the business uh, because you just don't know what you don't know, isn't it, in your first year and you, you're trying everything out. I think a year in, I probably did my first set of numbers. <laughs> I realized I actually don't have a clue what I'm doing. I thought I knew what I'd do, but my numbers are telling a completely different story. So I was, I'll probably say around the time I started to take the business seriously, I kind of changed tack. And this is when I started to create my own listings. I did Lisa Larson's course at the time, which was around bundles. And yeah, I really, really enjoyed that. I'm I'm actually a creative person, despite the logical side of my brain. Um, and I really enjoy making bundles and just the creativity around that. So yeah, so that was the direction I took around the time I decided to go full-time into the business as well.
0: So you, you started creating bundles after a year of kind of playing around with replens. And for those who don't know what replens are, I'm not going to dive into it right now, but that is the base level Amazon selling strategy that we teach to 99% of all new students who come to us in the proven Amazon course community. This is the podcast of the proven Amazon course. There'll be a link in the show notes to that. And that's where we start. No matter where you live in the world, we start you off with replens. So that's where you started, Chippo. You got some momentum. You weren't tracking your numbers, but you were validating the process. You were surprised at how fast things ramped up. And then you got into bundles which is another of the modules inside the proven amazon course Lisa, and jenny put together one we've got a newer one now that, that's in the mix but all right so how bundles go how do you you said you used your creative brain to put some of these bundles together talk me through that a little bit
1: yeah i just i just really enjoy you know the creative process of of putting things together you know what is going to work with this toothpaste is just a toothbrush or could it be something else that people will enjoy using together with toothbrush and then creating the listings themselves and um just creating like high quality pictures that will catch people's attention Uh, because i I do believe that people buy the pictures amongst other things um yeah so yeah, yeah so i really enjoyed just that whole process of just starting to create my own listings and Um, sort of digging into my brain about what would work. I mean, I did use tools like Helium 10 as well in terms of, uh, but that was probably a bit further along the process. But initially it was just that whole joy of creating my own listings. So I, I, I found that I did quite well with it, but I also had people jumping on my listings. Right. Yeah, so I would have my listings take off, and, and I would have the pleasure of seeing my listings take off, and then people would—I see people piling in. Not only were they, uh, was I was having other sellers jumping onto my listings, but in mo- most cases, they were able to sell at a much lower value than I could. Mm-hmm. And I realized they were going to the manufacturers. Right. So, so there were two things that I really had to learn. I, I implemented in my second year, which really, really changed the trajectory of my business. I think the first thing was I got brand registry Mm -hmm. and I went into the proven brand building course as well. And then I started approaching manufacturers because up until then I was buying from retailers and wholesalers. But I realized if I wanted to compete with some of my competitors, I really, I needed to compete on price as well. So I started to establish uh, relations with manufacturers. And I'd say about 90% of my products are now uh, bought directly from the manufacturer.
0: Wow. Tremendous. Yeah, so just mm-hmm. to recap, we've got some newer folks listening perhaps today. It's a very almost predictable journey. We see a lot of people take a very similar path. They do replans. Some people stay there. They build seven-figure businesses. Love it. Other people start to say, hey, I want some of my own listings. I, I don't want to sell against alongside other sellers. So you set up some bundles. Well, as soon as you set up a bundle and it takes off, other sellers hop on. And you have two ways to distinguish yourself at that point. You can set up bundles that include unique items that only you can get your hands on, like a print-on-demand item or some kind of value-add item, which is great. We teach that in the proven brand building course that you referenced. Another way is to say, you know what? I'm going to go straight to the manufacturer order and bulk build a relationship and get a great price on this bundle. So even if other people hop on, I can still sell at a profit yes. where they're going to struggle to keep up with me because I've got the relationship and the best price. Right? So those are the two ways that you can start to kind of lock down your little profit centers, if you will, in these different ASINs, these bundles that you've set up. Because for those who don't know, I know you know this, Chippo, but when you set up a listing on Amazon, that's not your listing. Anyone can sell against it if they've got the same exact product as a general rule. Unless it's your brand and you've taken some extra steps to lock down your brand. But you did mention you got brand registered, which is something we can help folks out with. There's a link to a service called Humminbird in the show notes. They'll help you with brand registry. That gives you a unique advantage on these bundles as well. So with that foundation laid for the newer listeners in our audience, keep going. Loving the story.
1: Yeah. So I think going that strategy, the other way it really, really helped me was because my margins were really poor in my first year. And I realized if I'm going to make this work, I just I need to be more profitable. You know, you, uh, we work really, really hard as Amazon sellers. I mean, I think in my first year, I was putting sort of fourteen and sixteen hour days in, and it was really, really deflating to get to the end of the year and find out I'd made a, found find out I'd made a loss. And I thought, I'm not doing this. I'm not going to work this hard to yes. make another loss.
0: You have to know your numbers. Yes, vital.
1: Yeah yeah, yeah. So my second year, so there were so many things that I changed, uh, as I said, the, the brand building, the manufacturers, knowing my numbers, and just making sure that I had decent margins on on all my products. Mm-hmm. And just,
0: just to interject a thought there, when you said, you know, the first year you kind of you broke even, if, or maybe even lost a little money. And sometimes we would look at it and go, "Oh gosh, that's bad. Oh, that's sad, that's terrible." No, it takes. Realistically, it takes a significant amount of time to build a profitable, successful business. You know, the, the people with the flashy YouTube videos and sales letters sometimes represent like, no, you can put money in the bank now, a lot of money now. No, those aren't real businesses that have sustainability. If you're building a real business, there's going to be some lessons, there's going to be some first time expenses, there's a learning curve. But the beautiful part about the Replins business is, you're putting money in the bank while you're learning. You're not digging this big hole that you hope to fill in later. You're, you're taking little small steps and experiments and learning the lessons that we know are vital for your long-term success. So that first year is kind of like laying the foundation for a house mm-hmm. that you plan to sell someday. But right now you're building the foundation. It's expensive. You're digging a hole. You're creating new territory. You know, you're know, All you're doing is pouring money into this thing. The rewards come later. So I look at it as a foundational experience almost that first year. And that, that's not that unusual. We do have people who put money in the bank profits very rapidly, yeah. but sometimes we have people that just as much learn and pour money into this before they start to see the reward. In some cases, like you, like your experience, a year later. But you contrast this with like a franchise, which you'd considered, and your best bet there is four, five, six years in before you see a penny. You're just pouring money into this thing, hoping it works out. Tens of thousands, if not more. Here, it's a few hundred there, a few hundred there. And you're seeing the evidence that it works as you go. So I just wanted to contrast that for a moment. Congratulate you on a first year of learning. Even though you didn't make a lot of money, you learned so much. And now you've got a beautiful foundation to build on.
1: And what a joy, Jim, to discover this community of such helpful people. And it wasn't something that I was familiar with coming from industry, but to have these platforms and these groups where you could go on and ask any question and someone who has either got the experience from being there before or someone who's, you know, who's taught in that area before people, I just found people in um, our community to be so generous with their knowledge and their time. And it was, it was just, it's amazing that you can just, if you have a question, you can even go into the search. You don't have to type the question. You can just go into the search engine um, for that particular group. Type your issue and a number of posts will come up and your answer is right there. Yeah. So, you know, you a, can't put it. a value on that. It's, it's
0: priceless. It, and it's free. Of course, Chippo's talked about our free Facebook group. There's a link at silentgym.com. We're coming up on 73,000 members, a whole bunch of people, way smarter than us, hanging out there all day, every day, answering questions. And it's been built around this culture of abundance as opposed to scarcity. We see success as something that anybody can have as much of as they'd like. And to the degree that you succeed, that's not competition. That's more potential success for me because I'm going to learn from that. You're going to inspire me. You're going to teach me things I don't know. We want more successful Amazon sellers in our community because we know we all grow and benefit from that. It's a huge growing opportunity. There's not enough sellers keeping up with all the great opportunities out there. So we don't see each other as competitors. And as you described so well, Chico, suddenly you find yourself in a room full of people who are rooting for your success and answering your questions with accuracy and and care, helping you on your journey. Great friends and partners forming constantly. Yeah, I'm very proud of the community. Thanks for bringing that up. It's it's quite an accomplishment in, in e-marketing and uh, e-commerce mm-hmm. to, to see something like that. And it we're, we're honored to be right. part of it. Thank you. Well, let's talk about your bundles a little bit. I want to revisit... Okay. Maybe just give us a specific example. Some people may be saying, bundle, what is that? If they're brand new. And you mentioned a little bit like, you know, toothpaste, toothbrush, bundle. It's more than one item that complements each other. Tell me about some of the early bundles, maybe that had success and then faded away because other sellers hopped on. And then contrast that mm-hmm. kind of disappointing result with maybe one of the bundles you're doing now without creating competitors for yourself. How'd you find it? How'd you piece it together? What are your advantages? Let's just talk through like bundle A, bundle B. Before after Chippo kind of knew sure. how the world worked.
1: <laughs> yes. Yeah, so, so my in, my first bundles were very simple. Sometimes they were just multi-packs. Or as you said, you know, within Amazon, when you look at a product uh, on Amazon, and if you scroll down further down the page, Amazon will tell you what most sellers buy that item with. Mm, yeah. So as we as as we gave that example of toothbrush, most people are likely to be buying toothpaste. Along with
0: it, Sellers who bought um, this. Also, bought that. And you're like, hmm. How about we just put them together on one in listing? That listing doesn't exist yet.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or it could be, you know, a flavor of biscuits. And you know, you know, you're selling chocolate knobs. That's a British brand, by the way. Yeah. And you find...
0: When you say when you say biscuit, I'm thinking gravy goes on those biscuits, <laughs> right? That's what we do with biscuits here in the Midwest. What do you do with biscuits over there?
1: <laughs> so, so this is the language thing, actually, because biscuits for us are a, a sweet item. Right, it's like a cookie. What you would call a cookie is what we call
0: biscuits. <laughs> that's so great. No, see, to me, if you're gonna have biscuits, you, you can after ten a.m. Nobody yeah. eats biscuits uh, unless it's maybe a side for a bread. You know, just a bread on the side of a meal later. But we put gravy here in the Midwest, mm-hmm. sausage gravy on biscuits in the morning. Mm, that's that's what we do with biscuits here. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs>
1: yeah, so I think what you're referring to as biscuits, I'm referring to as cookies, right. Exactly. so yeah, so so I think once I progressed from doing multipacks, I would maybe sell biscuits, you know, a collection of biscuits with some tea because that's a very interesting, isn't it, to have tea and biscuits about two o'clock, right? Like <laughs> yes, exactly, yeah. exactly. yeah. so so, yeah, so that was the route I went initially, but there was no unique item in in um the bundle. So obviously, when I realised I need to add something uh, unique to the item, uh, so for example, for my tea and uh, biscuit bundles, what I did was I went and bought a generic tong. So it's a it's a very very small, I guess, quite sophisticated little tea tong that you'd use to fish your tea bag out of the teacup. <laughs> we call that a
0: spoon here in America. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs>
1: So it's actually a miniature pair of tongs, very, very small,
0: right? uh, probably
1: about 10 centimeters long. And I added that and I basically just put my own sticker on it. So my shop sticker, and that was the unique item that went um, into the bundle. So nobody could um, replicate that.
0: Fantastic. I love it. And when you say unique item, it's it's something other people are going to have a hard time getting their hands on that adds value to the bundle. Now, by the letter of the law for Amazon, it should be the most or match the most valuable item in the bundle, ideally, or you could lose that bundle eventually, or someone could protest it or sell against it, etc. But that's a great example. And you know, you're know, you doing this in the UK. Most of our listeners are here in the United States. I just want to emphasize it doesn't matter where you live in the world, you can sell in any Amazon territory. Typically, we start people out in the US. But correct me if I'm wrong, Chippo, I, I should know this, but you're UK only still, Correct.
1: I am UK only. I was selling in the EU before Brexit, but <laughs> that's a whole other discussion. Um, so at that's the right. moment, I'm back to selling only in the UK, but I am looking to to spread my wings um by the end of the year.
0: Fantastic. It's the exact same skill set, same tools, same skill set, same research, just the US market's bigger. Uh, just it's a bigger catalog of potential ASINs you can sell against and more customers. So if you can do it in the UK, absolutely. So Canada, UK, and the US are the three markets where we say, hey, you could start off at home. If you're not in one of those three areas, start in the US. We, you know, Set up a US-based entity. We can help you with that. Hummonbird is the service I mentioned earlier. They can help you with that. A link in the show notes. But yeah, so brilliant. I love that. That's an example of one. Now, did that biscuit and tea, which sounds so weird for me to say, but did that biscuit and <laughs> tea bundle last for you with your with your tongs? Or did it So
1: uh, away? that biscuit, was- Uh, So that biscuit and tea bundle lasted for a while until the point when I don't know if you, uh, in the UK, the government introduced something called um, high fat, salt and sugar. um,
0: Of course they did.
1: (laughs) Which meant that we were not allowed to advertise. (laughs)
0: Oh, this kills me.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So this is the this is the fun I always talk about Amazon. It's a roller coaster and you have to ride the wave. And and part of being successful in Amazon is just learning to, to stick to it. it. And you know, yeah. yes, yes.
0: There, there's um, things here in the United States. There's things you can sell anywhere you want, as much as you want. Yeah. In California, it's one ounce too heavy. There's laws against that here, buddy. You're like, what? Like, yeah, Yeah. so you can list it on Amazon, but no one in California can buy it. (laughs) There's some crazy stuff, but welcome to the world of being an entrepreneur. I mean, that really is what it's like. It's navigating this jungle of red tape, most of which is coming from your own government. You're like, hey, I'm trying to make money and pay you taxes. Will you leave me alone? There's so many cookies in that package. You can't sell that.
1: Yeah. Yeah yeah so I had quite a few I was selling quite a few grocery bundles. and in the lead up to um so I kind of launched these bundles in the lead up to Q four because I knew they would take off at Christmas. Mm. And sure enough, Q three, the bundles are doing really well. Amazon always send us 200, send us 300, send us 500 units. Awesome. And then they hit us with the basically we're not allowed to advertise our bundles using ppc but the funny thing was it was not an even playing field because some people were allowed to advertise Mm -hmm. so all of a sudden you've got someone who's selling the same brand as you are and they're allowed to advertise so you basically slip down to page 10 and they're still on the front page so my sales just went through the floor i end up with a lot of expired products and (laughs) that was it for me for grocery i'm no longer doing grocery
0: (laughs) you've moved out of grocery yeah
1: well, that
0: a lot of people do kind of mature out of grocery. You've got expiration dates and you know other issues. Uh, yeah. You know, cookies get smashed in delivery and the customer complaints, and you know, so it's just so much easier to move away from these things that can be dropped from six feet and they could sit on a shelf for a year and be fine. And you know, you start to get into this stuff that makes a little more sense to to send in bulk. So that is a transition, although that leaves a whole lot of opportunity for people to, you know, you talked about cookies. I've mean, I got to imagine some people were thinking, you know, biscuits, cookies, like, don't those get kind of crushed up and crumbled? Well, you can get around some of that stuff and you can pick the ones that are least likely to be smashed and crumble or people do really well with it.
1: I have friends yeah. who are doing very well in grocery and I just say, kudos to you. Yeah, <laughs> go Well done, it. keep it's going. It's but a But they're doing skillset. fantastic. Especially as you're saying, because... um you know, it creates an opportunity for people who are willing to, you know, to stick through it. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's people who 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 stuck to to their confectionery and are doing, and make, doing very, very well.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And even some of the, you know, in, here in the U.S., and I'm not sure how what it's like in the U.K., but some of the opportunities that exist on the short shelf life, like baked goods, mm-hmm. huge opportunity. You don't send them in FBA. If you're willing to do some of the shipping yourself, though, and merchant fulfill, ship them as they sell out of your own house. Huge opportunities there, yeah. so there's opportunity in literally every category, and and I would argue that some of the lowest hanging fruit, thats a good word image for the grocery category—foods. Mm-hmm. There's just so much there. Yes, but like you said, you identified some of the biggest headaches and challenges you run into are also at scale in that category. So yeah. you see, most people who are doing like you know the fifty thousand dollar a month businesses, very few of them are focused in. There's some exceptions, but very few that are focused in on grocery. Yeah. Kind of scale out of it, I guess.
1: Yeah. So my niche is actually gardening. I love gardening. So (laughs) That's
0: awesome. So that's probably helped you a little bit. You enjoy playing with some of the new toys you're finding.
1: Yeah. 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 So, um, so I started off creating a uh, bundles for guidance and it was also this, is all, they, all, I found gardening bundles also served very well during lockdown because everyone was home. Mm. Um, and people could give their guidance attention. So, um, so it's a category that I got into very um, early and, I, and, and, you know, being a passionate garden myself, I really enjoyed it. So, and it's something that I've really, um, kind of niched down into now. So initially I was creating bundles. So for example, um, maybe gardening apron, gardening gloves, sort of trowel, fork, um, you know, the little mini ones. And they come in beautiful floral, all sorts of beautiful floral designs as well. But yes, I've just branched into, yeah, all the different aspects, not just the tools, but um, uh, fertilizers, potting mixes, you know, the works.
0: That's fantastic. (laughs) And have you moved away from replens and primarily, you're all into bundles now. Is that most of your business?
1: So I, I, I see replans as being a foundation because my bundles are replans. <laughs> so so right. the learning is still the same, even yeah. though, yeah, I mean, even though I'm not, you know, doing retail and online arbitrage, the foundation of my business is replans because I'm replanning the same things over and over again. So the learning still applies. It's just the different flavors. So yeah, so I do. Yeah, I do consider my business still to be replens-focused, mm-hmm. even though
0: it's not. Are you the primary seller on most of your successful ASINs? Or do you have selling alongside of you? Yeah. yeah. So to me, mm-hmm. that's, that's as good as having your own private label. I call it building a better mousetrap. You know, a lot of people think, I'm going to launch my own product. I got to launch something the world's never seen before. They go in this inventor mentality almost. It, that's not necessary. Mm-hmm. It, it, that's actually pretty risky territory to try to invent a better mousetrap that the world's never seen. Like that's a long-term expensive way. How about you just bundle some stuff that goes well together, add a unique component that makes it hard for others to compete with you. You've accomplished 98% of the benefit of launching your own product without 98% of the pain that comes with going down that road. and,
1: And Jim, as you're saying, the product itself may not be unique. There may be other people selling the same brand of toothpaste. Let's say Colgate toothpaste. Exactly. But when, what I've realized with Amazon is when you are consistent with your product, when you're constantly in stock, when you have repeat sellers coming along, I'm now finding that a lot of my bundles are ending up with Amazon Choice badges. Mm -hmm. So even though there's other people selling exactly the same products I am, I've got Amazon Choice uh, badges. I'm ending up with subscribe and save. But as you know, and I'm competing against people with exactly the, selling the same uh, product. So as you're saying, there is an opportunity to, uh, to prosper even though you're not selling a unique product.
0: Absolutely. I know that our coaching director, Nathan Bailey, he's sold a ton, I mean, thousands and thousands of very simple, it's a toothbrush, toothpaste combo, like several little packs of toothpaste and a couple toothbrushes, something like that, some combo pack, just killing it. And some people might think, oh, well, toothbrushes and toothpaste, that's where it's at. No, we're saying there's millions of these in every category on Amazon. People who bought this also bought that. All right, let's combine it together. If it starts to take off, you're going to have people compete with you by selling the same thing. Okay, let's add in some unique components. Let's get brand registered. Let's get our own unique gift box, that sort of thing. That's what we teach in the proven brand building module of the proven amazon course by the way we dive deep into this and help you navigate this but you know I've, i'm hearing from plenty of people we're talking multiple six figures a month in sales with creative branded bundles and like you said it could be a very common thing but if you just keep it in stock you're willing to actually keep it in stock and amazon knows you're a reliable source so that you're a good asin for them to rank well amazon wants sales Yeah, they want people to come back and see the same listing and buy it again and if you're that they're going to give you that, you know, is that, uh, what's it called? The, uh, subscribe, sort of yeah, subs- for it, right? subscribe and save. Yes. Yeah, subscribe and save. Right. Cause they, you're going great. to promote it like, Hey, it's been a while since you bought this. You ready for another one? Like they're going to do all that marketing work for you. Yes. Beautiful. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The other thing I found with, um, in terms of creating unique bundles is sometimes when you read the comments, people might comment on a product and say, I'm really glad I, I bought this, but if, it would be really great if they'd added this because, or, or yeah. somebody might ask a question: How do you use this cleaning product? And somebody will come back and say, "Oh, I use a particular type of cloth,
0: micro cloth, or whatever." From these, exactly. Right. So, yeah. so
1: that so just reading the comments sometimes will give you ideas of what to bundle a product with. Mm-hmm. And I found that works really well. And some of the most of the positive reviews I've received have been around the fact that someone say, oh, I'm so glad you added that because it's just a perfect, perfect package. I've got everything I need to do X, Y, and
0: Z. Yeah. And you're you're fulfilling the you're serving your customers well. It was just there's a joy in that. You've saved them time. You've bundled the things they need, maybe even stuff they didn't realize they needed, you've added value to that transaction. Yeah. And uh, yeah, it, it's fun. It, it does open up the creative part of your brain. A lot of people find the Replens model itself kind of tedious. By design, it's kind of supposed to be. You're looking for underserved ASINs on Amazon. You don't care what the product is. It's a profit-seeking business model. You're not going to get emotionally attached to any of your ASINs. But with bundles, there's a little more emotion, a little more creativity, a little more connection with your customer, a little more of a sense of like, I just made someone's day better. Right, yeah. like I creatively, I put those things together, and they're giving me a five star review. Like I thought of that; that was my idea. Uh, so it's it's kind of rewarding to to venture as the next step of a replens model is into those branded bundles. Any other lessons to teach us about the branded bundles before we kind of move on from there?
1: Yes, yeah, so, so I was really really blessed to have Nate as my coach. Um, And honestly, he's helped me to take things to a new level because (laughs) one of the things I introduced was A-plus content with my bundles. And it was quite easy to do because sometimes I'm selling a number of very similar bundles within the the same niche. So it's possible to create A-plus content. And these are the types of things that draw sellers in because A-plus content provides a little bit more information than just the product description, and the bullet points. So it just allows you to, to add more pictures. Another thing that um, he's helped me with is he encouraged me to do was to start adding videos to my listings, which I yeah. wasn't doing before.
0: Video demonstration. Um, do you do those yourself?
1: Uh, yes, I do. I do. That's fantastic.
0: Um,
1: very simple ones, but um, they sure. seem to work because I've had positive comments on those as well. And um, yeah, so yeah, so yes, so working with Nate has been um, really, really helpful.
0: Fantastic. For those who don't know, she's talking about Nathan Bailey. He's been with me for coming up on 20 years now as my coaching director. We've worked together and coached. we're coming up on, it's way over 7,500, probably closer to 10,000. We haven't done the math, but students in 20 years. It's pretty incredible. On that note, welcome aboard. You're coming on as a coach, correct?
1: I am <laughs>
0: fantastic. Talk us through that decision and journey a little bit. And you and I spoke, uh, you know, previously several days ago about this. But yeah. what how, you know, unpack that journey a little bit. Talk about it.
1: Um, so to be honest, it's something that I'm really excited to do. My parents are both teachers. I come from a, a big teaching family, so, so I love teaching. And then I think having worked as a management consultant for, <laughs> for the last few years, I'm so used to. Walking into someone's business and sort of, you know, sitting down with them to say, what are the issues that you're facing? What can we do to solve these? I, I love doing that. So creating
0: processes. you got that engineer's brain. You you you're striking me the more I'm getting to know you as one of those gifted people that's like both enjoys the the creative, artistic, and you can think in the number structure system. Yes. Like that's a potent combo for an entrepreneur. You know, not many of us get that, you know, kind of mixed gift set. We kind of drift heavy into one or the other. And you can be an entrepreneur on either side, but there's almost an unfair advantage when you can be creative and <laughs> math at the same time. It's like, wow, that's, yeah, that's a yeah. gift.
1: Yeah. When I start talking about data, I can go on and on. <laughs> <So I do laughs> that's
0: like where my I'm data. more comfortable.
1: I love my numbers. <laughs>
0: yeah. That's, that, and that's my world. You know, Give me a good spreadsheet. I can make a spreadsheet dance. But yeah. I've learned the people side, the creative side, and I've enjoyed venturing and stretching myself into that area as well over the years. That's that's the beautiful thing about an e-commerce business is you, know, you can focus on your strengths, build on those, and then surround yourself with a team of people that complement you in the areas where you're not so strong. But it sounds like you're going to be a phenomenal coach. Now You haven't taken any students yet, have you? I actually don't know.
1: Not yet, not yet, but I'm we're looking the, forward to getting started.
0: We're on the cusp, so it won't be long. And yeah, we've got coaches all over the world and there's about 60 of us at this point. And it's always great to welcome a new coach to the team. I'm, I think you're going to have some people reaching out going, hey, that Chippo, there was only, I want her. She sounds awesome. I want to do some bundles for uh-huh. her. You're gonna, yeah, you're gonna have some people reaching out, looking forward to hearing from folks who are interested in working with our team. Just go to silentgym.com, click on the coaching link, have a conversation, and request Chippo if that's something you're interested in. We've got great coaches for virtually all any business model, any part of the world that you're in, we can help you out. Let's talk a little bit about your numbers. We've we've talked about some of the successful things you've done to the degree that you're comfortable. You know, how's it going? How's business?
1: Um, so yeah, so my second year was significantly uh, better than my um, first year. I did close to half a million. And this year, my month-on-month numbers are double what they were last year. So, uh, yes, I'm pretty comfortable. I'll, I'll meet the million mark this year.
0: Plan to hit a million pounds this year. What's your net margins looking like?
1: So my net margins are... So so much better than my my Yay. first year <laughs> having moved into bundles, and having decided to work with manufacturers because obviously I'm getting my products at um, a, a much better rate. So my gross margins are sort of between fifty and sixty percent. Uh, Did you net say mar-
0: fifty and sixty? Yes. Gross margin. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Me, so net.
1: Yeah, it's net about thirty-six to forty percent.
0: That's tremendous. 40% on a million is not a shabby business.
1: Yeah. Nice. Yeah. I'm just really, 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 really happy about that. Because as I said, my first year, I think I felt like I worked so hard and I felt that my numbers didn't reflect the amount of effort that I put
0: in. <laughs> but you were learning. I was
1: determined. I was determined to yes. change things around in my second mm-hmm. year. Um, so I did a lot of thinking and, um, strategizing to turn things around. So, um, and it's Fantastic. not just, me. I think the other thing, and, and I mentioned this as well, I think at the end of my first year, my stock turns was 0.08, <laughs> it's so dismal. And I just thought like, you know, I was keeping stock, had stock in you know, things and stuff for over a year, and I just thought this is money that is tied up and it's not moving. It's just, you mm. know, stationary, static. So my a so, so part of me creating listings where I need to get these the stock moving. Yeah. So I think last I looked, I think I'm doing I'm, I'm about nine turns a year now. And that number keeps going up. Same with my IPI score. I think my IPI score was around 300. And now I'm close to six hundred. So my yeah. numbers have completely turned around. The, the velocity um, of inventory
0: has picked up considerably, right?
1: Considerably, yes. I think I'm doing um, average so forty-three days turnover. So, yeah, so That's it's fantastic. completely different. Completely different from last year. How many bundles? And these do are the things have? that I. Sorry,
0: I, I said how many bundles do you have currently, approximately?
1: So I have about two hundred fifty asins simply because believe it or not i still have some leftover stock from the ones. i'm yeah, sure the so pareto
0: like, principle applies i'm guessing 80% yes, of your revenue yes, comes exactly. from the top 20% of your best yes. performers right yeah. but yeah. you have still got that you get the bottom of the iceberg that's underwater to deal with but you'll be cleaning that up cleaning those out dropping the price making room for more top performers yeah. uh, so there's forty or so ASINs that are really dialed in you're excited about i'm guessing approximately exactly yeah exactly yeah Yeah. Yeah. that's beautiful what what a great business what's your confidence level in being able to find more bundles
1: so it's the same as replans you know when i first started doing replans i could not find a replan for the life of me you know i would spend eight hours a day (laughs) looking at store catalogs and i was like i can't see them i can't see them and then somewhere along the line a switch goes off yeah. And then you start finding replants, isn't it? It's just...
0: Yeah, you see them everywhere.
1: You know, no, it's inexplicable. Mm-hmm. And it's exactly the same way with bundles. So when I first started creating bundles, it was you know, a painful process. Like, how do we do this? How do we create the listing? What goes with what? But now I've gotten to the stage where, oh, I'd say 90% of my listings just take off. <laughs> so, so it's really...
0: Amazing. Really 90% of your bundles take off. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we've we've got a uh, we got an all-star here, guys. <laughs> that's <laughs> awesome. I mean, because I mean just think about it, even if only one out of five of your bundled tests, like 20%, take off, that's phenomenal potential. You just said yeah. 90% are taking off. I mean, you've really dialed in, and it's not a matter of instincts. You're looking at the Keepa history of the components and like, okay, this is stuff people are looking for. And these brands go well together and I can complement it with this product that sets me apart from future potential competitors. There's a lot of moving pieces there that your instincts have developed. 90% is fantastic. Yeah. yeah. Wow. Can you coach yeah. me? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not sure about that. <laughs> no, just, no, seriously, you, I would love to have my team spend a little bit of time with you because you know we are getting more into bundles. I'm deep in replens. I mean, we've just... We're finding so many every day, just so many. I mean, the other day, my aunt was telling me they'd found, I think it was like 18 that day. (laughs) It's ridiculous. Uh They're everywhere. But that is a churn business. Of those 18, how many of them will still be hot for us nine months from now? Mm -hmm. About half of them, maybe, will still be good Mm -hmm. sellers for us. You know, The rest will have faded away for one reason or another. So there's a bit of a churn there. Mm -hmm. But bundles, selling the same thing, creating the processes, uh, yeah. you, you can create an assembly line. Speaking of which, how big's your team? You know, you, you've got a seven-figure business, 40% net. You know, how, how many ways is that getting split up? How big is your team?
1: So I have a team of, uh, so of one financial and admin VA. Mm-hmm. And then I have another VA who does all my uh, listing creation. So the videos, the A-plus content. Mm-hmm. But I've outsourced all of my prep. So yeah, so that's taken care of. So it's really the admin that I'm okay. I'm running.
0: So was your net number you gave us earlier, is that a true net like after they're all paid? Or is some of that money paying the team?
1: Uh, so that? the 36% is before the team.
0: Before the team. So of that approximate 400 or so that you're going to earn this year, you're paying virtual assistants. Yes. Two of them. What's their hourly rate approximately? Uh,
1: about $6 dollars do an hour.
0: $6, six, six an hour. Dollars an hour. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which is, are they in the Philippines? Yes. Yeah, that is a fantastic income. You have to multiply that number by four to get the equivalent of the hourly, you know, approximately between four to six, depending on, you know, how they spend their money kind of thing. But that's a great hourly income in the Philippines. Some people maybe think, wow, $6 an hour. That's just not that much, six pounds an hour. No, in the Philippines, the average hourly wage on the island is $1 per hour US. That's Mm -hmm. the average wage. So you're paying someone 4 or $6 an hour, you're paying them four to six times what they would be making with any other decent job they might have. So that's not a lot of money to build a really great team that's managing your business. You've really got this dialed in. Well done, Chippo. Love your story. Well, what else do you have on your mind today? Is there anything on the list that you wanted to go over or any anything else that you wanted to hit before we start to wrap this one up?
1: Yeah, So, so, so one of the things I'm really passionate about is systems. Especially coming from a consulting background, and I found, I found that a lot of the content I was devouring a lot of content, and it it focused on it tended to focus on the numbers. You know, it, it's kind of like having a bucket to catch all these sales.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But one of the things I realized at the end of the year was my bucket had a lot of holes in it. Oh. you know, I wasn't there wasn't as much emphasis. I I don't think there needed to be on managing your losses, controlling your losses within the business. And there's so many. So if I give you an example, when I worked as a consultant, I would produce a report and get paid or do a piece of analysis and get paid. In retail, you buy something, then you ship it to the prep center. then, And these are all the costs along the line. Yeah. Then it gets shipped to the warehouse. And then you get paid at the end of a very long chain. I didn't understand that chain, and I didn't understand there were losses all the way along the chain. I was Every just focused just on getting touched. paid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Every yeah. Time I was just, just focused touched. on getting paid by Amazon, and I wasn't managing and controlling all the losses that could happen along the chain. So, one of the things that's really transformed my business is is just getting visibility of everything that's happened. Like when a shipment goes in, has Amazon. You know, checked everything in, has something got lost and do I need to claim for it? When a parcel is sent to a customer, has a, pass, has a customer received the parcel or has it gotten lost and do I need to claim for it? So just mm-hmm. putting all those systems and those processes and all those procedures in place was a big, one of the big things that I implemented at the, at the beginning of my second year. And I started to create things like SOPs, which my which I could hand over to my team. Mm-hmm. They were really, really easy to, to train my team on because I had those processes in place. I think that's also been a big game changer for me. It's just getting that visibility of my numbers and visibility of what's happening to my inventory all along the all along the journey.
0: Yeah, and something we've done, Chip. I don't know how much you benefited or used the private Facebook group that we set up just for full time replen sellers and Amazon sellers. The, Facebook group run by Jimmy Smith on our team, but they've got, you mentioned those SOPs those standard operating procedures that like, Hey, we've seen people go from zero to 10,000 a month, from 10 to 30, from 30 to 50, from 50 to hundred. Like what are those stages? What tools are they using? What processes, you know, Mm -hmm. what kind of accountant do you need at each different step? And, you know, just those different, very predictable stages of scaling. (laughs) So those resources are there and we don't, dump them on new sellers. And sometimes that first year is a bit of an adventure as you're kind of learning. But yeah, you know, we're not going to tell you the thousand things that you might need someday. That's kind of our philosophy as we teach you just in time. Just enough yes. to keep you going, make some profit, get confident, get comfortable. Then, okay, here's the new skill set. And it sounds like that was kind of your journey. But well, were there any tools in particular or any uh, anything that you used from our community that was helpful during kind of that waking up stage of like, I need to know my numbers. What did you use to make that happen? Would you go through?
1: So to be honest, I think initially it was just sort of combing through through the community and saying, "Oh, a uh, parcel has become lost. What do I do? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, is it an FBA parcel? Or is it an FBM parcel? You know, Is it an A to Z? And how do, how do I handle that? So it's just those initial questions. And then obviously, once you start to put the process in place and you need to go a bit more in-depth into which reports do I pull and the like. And, and honestly, all that information is available to the community. So
0: Yeah, yeah. As you grow, we've got it there. I just was wondering if there's anything in particular that, the you that stood out to you. Like, you know, a lot of people use um uh what's the name of it? It's, uh it's escaping me. Seller inventory board. lab. It's inventory lab, yeah, to help put your your shipments together. But I was thinking of seller board. If you go to silentgym.com/slash numbers, it's a tool that dives into your Amazon data, you know, how much money Amazon owes you, your reimbursements, your refunds, it's like how much did this ASIN really make me or lose me last month? Should I continue selling this ASIN? Gives you all yeah. your numbers, right? Just really breaks it down. Uh, so you know where your profits are. You can identify those top performers and focus on them a little bit more and then eliminate some of those dogs that those you know, treadmill ASINs. You're just like, you're on a treadmill, you're not going anywhere, you're working hard, <laughs> but you're going nowhere. Yes. yes. You can have those ASINs without realizing it. I bet if you look back at your first year. There's a good handful of treadmill ASINs. They're just like, oh, you learned some things, but you could have stopped selling that way before you did. You were excited to buy it and excited <laughs> to sell it, but you aren't making any money. You were breaking Let's. it. So you need to be able to recognize those. You Know, know your numbers. Sellerboard is a great tool for that. They're a great sponsor of our community as well. Uh, so yes. I, I'm just kind of looking for anything specific like that that was a particular wake up for you. But it sounds like you kind of tackled it a little piece at a time mm-hmm. and just figured it out yes. over time.
1: Yeah, yeah. So um, Sellerboard is also quite popular in the UK, as is another um, app called Seller Toolkit, but it Mm -hmm. does exactly the same thing. So yeah, great tools, great tools to
0: use. I'll stick links to those in the show notes for folks as well, making myself a note. Yeah. Because we've got uh, great relationships with most of the most popular tools in the space, and they've given us discounts and things for folks to jump in and try their stuff. They're always trying to get the attention of our audience, but well, what else do you have on your mind uh, as far as your business or any other tips, strategies, anything to share, anything on your
1: list? Um, so I think yeah, the main thing for me, I think, was, you know, knowing my numbers, is which we've mentioned already. And then, you know, having those procedures in place, which, you know, and, and just uh, working through them regularly, having those processes in place to work through regularly. I'm just, I can't, I can't think of
0: anything else, really. No, I mean, that, that's great. I just didn't want to cut you off. It's, it's such a brilliant story. And, and once again, welcome
1: to the team. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit SilentJim.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.